0: Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your
1: hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about
0: new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space.
1: This week on the podcast, we have Tommy Golis. Welcome, Tommy.
0: Hey, and Paul, nice to see you again.
1: Likewise, it would be great to see in real life, but I guess we'll get there eventually. But anyway, so why don't you introduce yourself to folks who may not know?
0: My name is Tommy Gullis, or Thomas Gullis is the the official name, but everybody calls me Tommy, except from my grandmother, I think, at the moment. Uh, I'm working as a team lead for a company called Sorbian from Graz in Austria, uh, and I'm responsible with my team for everything development and consulting in terms of SharePoint, Teams, SharePoint on-prem, migration, and development in that area.
1: Uh, you, you are a Microsoft MVP as well. That's why we haven't seen each other in a while since all the events have been canceled, but uh, hopefully that gets back um, But now I wanted to get Tommy on the podcast this week because of the demonstration he did in the PNP call, which was using Blazor for a Microsoft Teams tab. So let's, let's start down this path and say, what is your, let's get your answer. What is Blazor? I mean, I know we had, for those listeners who may not know, we we I interviewed uh, Jeremy Lickness on Blazor a couple episodes back, but I'd love to get your outside perspective. Is what What is Blazor and why did you use it for your Teams tab development?
0: For me, that's a very... Personal reason. Um, I started working with SharePoint back then when it was .NET code only, so I I used to develop in in .NET only, and then I moved more to an yeah architecting uh, team lead role. So I, I never made this transition over to TypeScript. I can read the stuff that the the guys create, but I'm it would take me way too long to create them on my own, and I'm I think I already saw it in. in 2017 or 2018 when somebody told me that hey you will be able to get rid of javascript basically and use c sharp again and last year at ignite they officially g8 or released the normal non-microsoft people would call it released uh the version that they can use blazer on, on the server side and this this year it built the the client side followed and i started actually working with the with the server side and i'm just reusing my age-old.net knowledge to, to write code that runs in Teams now. And that's quite useful for me because I can set up a proof of concept or uh, uh, mock out something for our clients within a couple of hours, feeling very productive in the moment, more productive than in the last couple of years in terms of writing code. And it's it's unbelievable how 10 years of or ten uh, experience this goes back 10 years uh, still relates to development at the moment with just reusing what I learned in, in C-Sharp. That's my, my f- yeah, my one and only reason to be honest, to, to start replacing.
1: <laughs> well, that's perfectly valid, right? You know, as, as yourself, I'm a long time .NET guy, so it, it makes perfect sense. And so th- did you find it better or worse than an MVC application? Or again, was it really just
0: your familiarity that drove you one way or the other? Better or worse? it's it's. What I'm a little bit struggling with is the the part that I want to run it inside of Teams. So I'm not a standalone SPAR, so a single page application that would make my life a little bit easier. But being like SharePoint development, you're always depending on on code that someone else developed. That's that's how how it works. It's like an additional framework that you need to, to work around. That's a little bit different or everything you will find in terms of documentation out there things of a Greenfield uh, deployment, and then you have this big Office 365 backpack and that you need to carry around. That's that's the tough tougher thing. The difference between MVC and Blazor, not, not so really. You can use Razor files on both ends. That makes it nice. And you can reuse your business logic. That's also a, a very nice way because at the moment, for example, we, we on our end create uh, what we call our our Solvian data layer. So we, Jeremy would like that. We basically take the idea of a graph and make a, a company graph and make endpoints to all our backend systems like time tracking, project management, CRM. I'm creating now a library that I'm using in my Blazor tab for Teams. And Stefan Pisa, my colleague, uses the same library in his chatbot. And we're using Azure DevOps to share an, a private NuGet package. And that's, that's the, the perfect way at the moment how we can reuse and share code that we create. There's another guy that, that creates a web API around the same library, so everything.net. And of course, uh, for our SharePoint framework, we can also consume the same backend. So we're thinking more like API first and then reuse all that, all that code in our different endpoints. That's, for that, it makes not a real difference for me.
1: Yes, that this is what the expertise you have in leveraging the, the dev team who knows .net, and so it's a natural choice. I really kind of I kind of I kind of like that. Now, as we as we learned a couple of episodes ago, Blazor has you know two flavors, if you will, server side or client side. Mm-hmm. Um, did you choose one or the other? I'm I started with
0: the server side um, because it was it was released before Spring already, um, and for me, when when I think of the the team step, the server side has or at least from. What is my knowledge right now. That might be not the, the total understanding and there might be a gap, but from what I'm understanding right now, it's, it looks like it's easier for a laser app that runs on the server side to have your own routes. And for a team tab, I need my own routes. So I want to have one application and under different URLs, I'm able to uh, go to this page and service this page. For a, a client side, uh, like a real WebAssembly type application, you need to make the routing different and you need to start on, on the index or slash and then make the routing inside of the code. So it's not so easy, or I didn't find a way to make that exposable for, for tap development. That's that's the one thing. And the other thing is I went for server also because of, of security. Uh, I don't want to have uh, credentials stored on the client, although it's in, in DLL, but we all know that you can use Reflector or whatever tool to deobfuscate what's in there. And it's the same for... Same mantra like for an SPFX solution, you shouldn't have client credentials in there in a client running. So that's that's why we use the, the backend code basically.
1: Right. Okay. And so your your Blazer application in a tab is calling out to your backend API, and so. Getting uh, credentials are to do that, it, it, it needs needs to be secure. I like that. Are, are you leveraging the Teams provided uh, token what they what they call single sign on approach? Um,
0: the silent approach, not the single sign on. Yeah, you're right. Silent. Yeah, yeah. The single <laughs> sign on. Hopefully, I, I will be able to use the single sign on in the coming weeks when it's when it be released. At the moment, I I took the. JavaScript code actually uh, from the, the TypeScript project that does all the authentication uh, ways. And, and there's one with single sign on and there's one with silent. And that, I picked the silent one because it's released, but the application actually is using is the team's JavaScript SDK. And there is an ADLJS reference in there and there is an, a way to get an ID token and then to get the access token. I could use uh, JavaScript interoperability between Blazor and JavaScript to get the token back and forth. But on the other hand, I also can use just my yeah client, client-side storage because Adel already stores the token uh, to the client storage. And I'm just grabbing the token inside of Blazor from there, and I'm good to go. So I'm getting the Bira token, and then I can authenticate against the graph, for example.
1: Yeah, so despite the fact that you're using .NET, in your tab, the interoperability with Teams works just as I would expect. Then, right? Is that I, I, I? I'm guessing. I'm guessing the Razor page has HTML and it has .NET code and it has JavaScript code. Is that a fair
0: statement? That's that's true. There is a, a template. There you have your your index page or your, your template page, and in that part, I reference the Teams SDK, and I'm basically uh, copying in the the thing from the authentication example. So, reference to Teams SDK, reference to ADO Copying the code and then also those those two pages, these pop-up pages with start and end for the authentication flow, and the the I don't know 50 lines of JavaScript that, that runs there to to get the token back and forth. That's in there, and from then I make a redirect to my own route and start my my Razor template from there.
1: Oh, okay, that makes that makes sense. Did did you find it difficult to have to to mix? .NET code with JavaScript in the same page? Or is it more, is it not as confusing? It sounds like it would be confusing to me, but maybe that's just me.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if it's really a security thing, but I, I like to think it's a security thing. Um, you won't see my .NET code unless you're authenticated. The JavaScript and the HTML part is really, really small, and it basically just says gives an error if you're not authenticated, nothing else. And if I get a token back and it's uh, a wallet token, I redirect to my, my own application. It's like, I like the idea of thinking it like a, a front door. If you pass the front door, then you're in my, in my world, and I'm good. And everything JavaScript is a little bit outside and so I don't really care in my real app about that.
1: Oh, that's a great approach. I really like that. Yeah, it keeps, for, just for a developer to keep things straight, I really kind of like that. You Obviously, we were talking about a Teams tab, and so I'm curious for the Teams manifest. Did you write this by hand? Did you copy-paste? Did you use any of the, the new tools that have been published on the Teams
0: manifest? Yeah, I tried to use the, the App Studio, uh, the application that we get from the product team um, in terms of creating tabs or bots or create the manifest file. I struggled a little bit with the, the version that I had and it's, it's pre built. So I'm not sure if, if the new version can handle that. But for my authentication handling, I, I need some parameters in my URL from my tab. There's a login hint and there are query parameters. And when you create or when I created it with the App Studio, I always failed with the wedded domain settings. So I created the app manifest, opened it up in a Visual Studio Code change this part of the manifest, and then I, I'm good to go. That's the only only small workaround.
1: Yeah, I have not yet had a chance to play with the tool inside of VS Code or Visual Studio yet, so I'm looking at, to see on that. The next question I have is, do, does your Blazor tab integrate much with the Teams SDK? I, I know you mentioned it in the context of, of login, but once once they're logged in, are you still interacting with Teams to get the context or the, the colors or, or
0: state of any kind of stuff there? Yep. The one thing I'm getting from Teams is the token. And the other thing is that immediately afterwards, I'm calling the, the Teams context information. So I'm getting back the Teams context and, and I'm reusing it in, in my uh, C-Sharp application or my Blazor application. For what I'm working on right now, it doesn't really matter because it's not a, a Teams thingy. It's more reaching out to different systems, but I'm getting back from at the moment I'm in a, in a static or personal tab, depends on if you're developer or if you're IT pro. So in my, in my personal tab, I don't really care about this information, but I'm thinking of making my dashboard also available as a regular channel tab um, or Teams tab. And for that, I would need the information like, okay, uh, which site I'm connected? What is my what is my home site? What is my my office sixty five group that is connected? And, and get that back from the Teams context as well. And the the probably developer most important thing I also get back if you're using dark theme or light theme, so I can have my own CSS way also, so that it doesn't break your experience.
1: And so in your Blazor.net code, how do you access the team's context? There's this SDK is JavaScript only, I believe, right?
0: That's JavaScript only, but everything I'm doing is then, um, yeah, basically a graph call. Because I get the Bira token and then, then I talk to the graph and then, then I do my stuff over that way.
1: So, But the team's context, you said, you know, the with the, the dark theme or light theme or, or the, the entity state.
0: That's a, uh, it's a JSON, it's a JSON variable. And there's a JSON array that I, that I get back and then I can interpret that, that information.
1: Okay. And so do you make that call from the .NET code or is
0: that just, nope, okay. from the, from the team's JavaScript code. So same like the way for the token um, it's, it's get context. And then I store that information into my local storage and from the C-sharp side, I read that information out from the local storage, and then I'm re- reusing it again.
1: Uh, okay, so browser local storage to kind of bridge that gap. Oh, that's very, that's a very yeah. clever approach. I, I like that as well. So as users are then navigating, I guess they don't really notice much difference between JavaScript code or, or no. .NET code, right? They just launch no. the tab and off they go? You,
0: you have no chance to, to know what's behind. It's, uh, it's an HTML page, and you have no idea because... Blazor, in the end of the day, is also only producing HTML, and there's no way to see what it's coming from.
1: Okay, and then you, you mentioned Graph a few times, and so is there anything interesting in Microsoft Graph that you're doing? Or, or I guess what, what endpoints do you find that you need to
0: call? Yep. I'm, I'm working on a, on a prototype, or a, on a few prototypes uh, currently, and that's, that's also something I mentioned before that for my one project, I'm using the server side of, of blazer but for a few prototypes that i want to push out to the to the teams a store actually i'm thinking of going with, with client side blazer because client side Blazer should be doable also to be running in an azure static website so thinking of of my operational team it would be easier to for them just to have a, an azure static page because the browser hits the static page downloads everything at the first get and then it's running in the in the client environment, and for that, I'm thinking of creating basically, uh, you you 100% you know the tool, uh, SharePoint Explorer. Back in the day when we had this one tool that opened up the curtain what is running in in SharePoint, and I'm thinking of creating something for Teams because there is the Graph Explorer that everybody hopefully knows, but what I'm missing with the Graph Explorer is that I always need those first ID to get started. And then I want to create something like a a jump point that I can see all my teams go there. And then from there with one click, I can hand over the URL to the Graph Explorer and start already with this ID from my local team. And for that, I would need to to call my joint teams and then create the calls uh, to get all those things uh, running. And another one that actually a a client asked me about is uh, like a governance use case, what apps are already used inside my Teams. Like they opened up self-service and there are a couple of hundred Teams now out there and they want to know what um, out of the box apps, but also what apps out of the store are in use. And I want to create also a dashboard for that. But it turns out that this is like a, a really long long running operation. It takes like for my dev tenant with 300 Teams, up to five minutes. And I'm not not sure yet how I will do that with, with Blazor because looking at the spinning wheel for five minutes may be not the best user experience. So I need to make I'll find a way around that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's a common problem we see a lot in these distributed systems as well, right? Yep. Yeah, the, the to, totally totally get that. And so now, um, Jeremy couldn't make it this week, but I have to ask. So when you're when you're calling the graph, are you using the graph SDK for .NET, or is that not yet working Blazor, or is it just not your style of working?
0: I, I'm back and forth at the moment. Um, I'm using the the SDK uh, for, for example what. The example I showed for the PNP call is half-half because I want to get experience at the moment. And the, the SDK is a, a great helper. But as always, um, of course, the, the native way is a little bit fa- fast is the wrong way. But if they release some new endpoints, some beta endpoints, they're already available uh, with, without the SDK. And then I'm not dependent on the SDK in terms of point-of-time decisions. But for my guys, I would say they could use what they want it's it's a different experience as a developer and for some that the, that client they they really like it and they want to go only with that the other guys are more like okay i will do it on my own for me it's a little bit tomato tomato to be honest it's no no right or wrong right and i guess and in the context of
1: blazor i guess it doesn't matter right it's it's dotnet no. so it's .NET, so it doesn't matter how it works right
0: it's http client or graph client so not a real big difference. Right, okay. Okay,
1: and so then just thinking of a bigger picture of, of all the Teams work you've done, are you using the SPFX components at all or do you just generally stick to just a, a straight, plain code yourself?
0: It, As always, it depends. At, at the moment, we have, have two different angles uh, doing Teams development. Um, we, we work with a couple of customers where we bring their SharePoint Development experience or what they did already in SharePoint on prem or uh, in the cloud to Teams. And that's, of course, SPFX with all its flavors. Really geeking out on everything that SPFX is offering because I want to visualize the, let's say, a dashboard in Teams and also in SharePoint. But from, from another push is uh, another technology push is from customers that don't have this SharePoint background, and they can start fresh. And for them, they want to have it in teams. So it doesn't make really sense to, to bind them to SPFX only. In the end of the day, uh, right now for our proof of concepts, it depends on, on what guy is available for, for the dec- technology f- uh, at first. And then we would need to make a, more like an architecture decision together with the customer. Okay, what, what, what is your angle? And what are you seeing coming in the next two to three years in terms of usage and where you want to go? And it's interesting because some customers really, really think of, okay, I I just want to have teams. They don't really want to use the same dashboards or tools inside of SharePoint because they're not coming from a SharePoint background. If you're talking for a customer that comes from a SharePoint background, they want to have their team side inside of Teams because that's what they're used to. That's more the SPFX angle. We are sitting more in yeah, like a man in the middle and, and go either way what what's looks more promising for, for to actually add value to the to that particular customer scenario. So again, not a real right or wrong from, from my side. As always, it depends.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that's always the case, right? So so re- returning back to, to Blazor, w- what is your overall feeling of, of the experience in coding in Blazor? I'm guessing you seem to be comfortable with it, but is it something that you found easy to adjust to?
0: Absolutely, yeah, I think it took one evening to get up and running. One evening really playing with the tool because I, I learned from experience that I want to, to really get uh, at least one or two steps before I look into libraries or, or help us or UI components that can make my life easier to get a real understanding of the core technology. But with I'm actually uh, following uh, on, on Twitch a guy called uh, the C Sharp Fritz, Jeffrey Fritz from the .NET team. Uh, he does like eight hours long of, of coding workshops on Twitch about Blazor. And that really helped me because it's, I, I like the approach that he's doing at the moment. He, he really talks the technology from A to C and not this polished webcast where everything works. It's more like, okay, he really starts coding. So you see making him mistakes and you see making him breaks and going really deep into explaining what the team thought when they designed the technology. And that was super helpful for me at the beginning. And from there, I found my first uh, library that already integrated with the Fluent UI. So it looks like Office 65 uh, immediately. Everything I needed, like accessing the local storage and all the stuff, there's the .NET and you get package available and you just pick and choose and off you go.
1: You know, I think that's kind of the the power that Blazor is going to bring, right? The packages or the components that have already been written to do what you need is, is obviously a rich ecosystem. And for folks like you and I, where we know it in .net, but we have no idea what crazy node package to find, right?
0: Yeah, what what four thousand files of JavaScript you will need to get this one function? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So so um, so you said you have a UI component library that you're using. Yeah. Okay. And and again, is that anything interesting we had to do to make that work, or is it really as simple as add the reference and off you go?
0: Um, it's it's you you add the NuGet packages and like the .NET Core architecture, you you need to register the service at the startup, and then for for the for Razor, for the Razor templates there is an own file called imports and basically you reference the namespace there and off you go. That's
1: great. So which which library was it? Do you do you know at the top of your head? I
0: know, no, no. It's 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 there is there's one GitHub library that's called awesome blazer. GitHub slash awesome blazer and there I think are two hundred references in one of those libraries there. Ah, gotcha. Excellent. Yeah. See, this, this the one thing I love about the podcast is I get to get
1: questions answered for stuff I'm going to have to learn. So that's kind of <laughs> where I'm going. So awesome, Blazer certainly yeah. is the, uh, uh, the the GitHub repo. So that's great, and we'll put a link to the the show notes on that. And and so, what's next for for Tommy Rosalvian using Teams? Uh, do you have a, a lot of work planned up that that would go into different areas, or is it really well, now that you've got things go, ready to go, you can accelerate?
0: Let's say this way. Um... One of our big business partners has a new fiscal year in next week, so you you know about who I'm talking about. And (laughs) we already have some glimpse in what they will focus on in their next fiscal, and this will be Teams development and Teams as a platform. And we we really see it at the moment, like a a, a crawl, walk, run approach. All those people that uh, plan to move to Teams for their meetings, chats, or collaboration scenarios, and of course, with everything going on in the world right now, this has got a new spin and a new new speed, so to speak. But that aside, um, those people that start with Teams, sooner or later, they will, they there's more to offer just than collaboration and, and uh, chatting. And as a platform, Teams has a huge potential. It, it feels a little bit like every time when, when SharePoint released a new program model, so to speak, uh, like this new... Wild West feeling of of what is possible. And for us, for example, uh, internally, we're really thinking of of creating like a 360 degree solution for our uh, sales approach. So somebody kicks off something in CRM and because of the gate there, we create a folder in our um, SharePoint team site. Everything is visible in Teams. We create planner tasks and based on on the different tags in the different uh, services, we go through the whole process and uh, most of the, of the users just need teams to see where the process is and they don't need to go back and forth between different expert systems, just use teams and see the overall status. That's, that's what I'm, I'm seeing out there in, in the market with a, with a huge potential. And it's not like that we want to get rid of CRM or, or Dynamics because that's, that's never going to happen. If we, we think that we can write everything we need for a CM solution ourselves, I think that's just not a smart idea. But connecting those services into Teams, I think the next 12 months will be very interesting in that, in that field.
1: That does sound very interesting, yes. And, and uh, I, I like the way the approaches you've laid out uh, sounds, seems very natural, so thanks for that. And so, obviously, uh, we'll put a link to the PNP demo that you did, but where, how else can folks find you uh, on social media or blogs? I, I assume you're everywhere, right?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Twitter at Tommy Chi, so Tommy Chi for Tommy Gullis, and I, my blog is on tommy.tech. I'm sure you will put it into your show notes. Uh, and that is where basically I'm on my on my own and then there is a, a side project together with uh, Stefan Bisser, Rick van Rauselt and Api We we have a show called Selected Tech, selectedtech.show, dot show where we are now at I think episode twenty one with our recordings all around SharePoint, uh, bot development. And also about how you can move your own blog on Yugo, because that, that's also very interesting for us, for example. <laughs>
1: you know, I hadn't heard of that show, so I certainly am going to have to add that to the list, although I find it a bit difficult to listen since I don't leave the house much. But uh, we'll <laughs> certainly get a link to that and I'll add it yeah. to my list. I look forward to hearing from, from you guys. So great. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, Tommy. It's uh, always great to catch up and uh, we'll talk soon.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at m365devpodcast and check out our show notes at www.m365devpodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. That's all, folks.